A common nemesis in movies are Nazis, who are often portrayed as villains and monsters. Mainly because Nazis were villains and monsters. But what's scarier than Nazis? Zombie Nazis. Join us now as we take a look at two films that deal with zombies and Nazis on this undead edition of Shriek Previews! Your heart will cease with fear. Dan, before we get started, I realize that we might have offended somebody. In our intro, we talked about, we said that flat out that Nazis were villains and monsters. Mm. And there may be some modern day white supremacists or whatever that may take offense at that. Mm -hmm. So if you are that type of person and you were offended by what we said, I just really want to say from the bottom of my heart, I don't care. And if you don't want to listen to us anymore, I'm okay with that. If you're a Nazi or a white supremacist. Or a zombie. Or a zombie. You know, I'd be okay with a zombie yeah, listening to our it, podcast. Yeah, because it fits with the theme of our show. Yeah, but... Okay, if, we'll take the zombie. Yeah, we'll take the zombie. But if you are a Nazi or white supremacist and you're offended, we don't care. And uh, don't let the door hit you on the way out. So that being said, Dan, we are going to, t we, we try not to get political on this podcast, but mm. in a case like that, yeah, I'm just, yeah. Understandable. Yeah. So today we are going to be talking about two movies that have to do with Nazis and zombies. First movie is about Nazi zombies and the other ones is about zombies made by Nazis. So they're still Nazi zombies, but the zombies themselves aren't Nazis. They're just zombie-owned Nazis, or Nazi-owned zombies. Although zombie-owned Nazis yeah. would be pretty cool as well. That would work. Yeah. So if you have not seen these movies, Dead Snow or Overlord, please turn off this podcast and go and watch those movies and then come back unless you're a Nazi or white supremacist, and please don't come back. And listen to this podcast. There we have it. That's our, our disclaimer. Okay, so starting off with Dead Snow, 2009. Now, we know this is a horror comedy. Mm. We know this is going to be over the top. This is a... Well, at first I thought it was a German movie, but as it went through, I, I think maybe it was Swedish or something. I don't think they were speaking German. I think... I, I would... You know, now it makes sense because I can't see... Germany making a movie with anything to do with zombies because they I feel that I think that they're trying to get away from that you mean part Nazis. of history. I'm sorry <laughs> from from, some, from Nazis because I feel they I think that from what I understand they they try to get away yeah. over, you know yeah so I'm thinking yeah I'm thinking maybe this was Swedish or something like okay. that but it's about a group of people who happen upon Nazi zombies. Mm. I mean, really, that's all you need to know about this movie, and you can already yeah. get a pretty good idea of what it's about. Mm. 
So the movie begins with zombies chasing someone and they hunt them down. And although it's not ever fully explained, I think that might have been Sarah, their friend Sarah, who, you know, later on, Sarah's cabin that they're at and whatever. But it's never, they never come right out and say it. So then we cut to some people on vacation. And uh, these are all medical students. We get several minutes of scenes of people walking and snowmobiling to a remote cabin. Then we get more scenes of snowball fights and playing Twister. Beer drinking. Yes. Basically, the first 15 minutes of this 85-minute movie, nothing happens worth mentioning. Mm, no. Then some random dude, not a zombie, shows up out of nowhere and asks for a cup of coffee. He tells them of the dark history of this area where German soldiers during World War II had beaten and tortured the local population and the people rose up against them and that there's an evil sleeping in these areas. The group finds a box of gold coins in the cabin, but the creepy man had warned them that Nazis had coveted the riches of the village. Dun, dun, dun! Mm -hmm. A plot connection. The rest of the movie is basically zombie shenanigans as people get picked off one by one. Of course, after the initial zombie attack, the survivors decide to split up because that's always a great idea. I especially liked the one Nazi zombie wearing a pure white snowsuit, even though he has been ostensibly wearing it for over 50 years. But mm. it's pure white. Pure white. Yeah. Even after he gets as fresh buried... as a driven snow, so to speak. Yes. Even after he gets buried in an avalanche, mm. his snowsuit is perfectly white. Yeah. We get some gratuitous gore, like entrails, people ripped apart, and all that fun stuff. There's also a guy who cuts his own arm off to keep from becoming a zombie, and then a zombie bites his junk off. Mm. The last guy gives the zombies a box of treasure they found, and the zombies stop chasing him. Except until he finds one last piece of treasure, then he's done for. So it looked like most zombie films, there was this one guy who was going to survive, but then no, no survivors. There's not a whole lot to say no. about this movie. It was a weak plot. The zombie makeup was actually pretty impressive. Yes, for that's the one thing. The monsters were cool. Yeah, for what was obviously a low-budget movie, the zombies were cool-looking, some of the entrails and gratuitous gore we got was fun, but overall, this movie was a whole lot of nothing. Yeah, I agree. It was such a hassle to get. Towards the end, I just wanted to, to finish. Sophomore humor, the stranger played by, I guess his name is, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, but Bjorn Sunquist. Bjorn. Bjorn, thank you. That's right. Bjorn Sunquist. I thought he was good. He was a cool, creepy addition. Come mm -hmm. in and storytelling and, you know, setting the, the, the tone. Of course, we don't know why he's like randomly camping in a tent in the mountains during the winter. <laughs> if it's supposedly so bad and haunted out there, why is he, why is he there, right? Uh, unremarkable characters, not even memorable. Uh, the only ones I remember is Sarah who owned the cabin and yeah. lived because I thought she was hot. And um, that's the only reason why I remember. And um, I, I just expected way more due to the theme. And I, I, you know, I did like the chase towards the end, sort of. I thought because mainly because I knew the movie was about to end. Um, again, the monsters were cool. The makeup, the idea was great, man. The idea was cool when you see the title even. Right. Dead Snow. 
You know, I expected a fucking great, at least, okay, hard comedy, fine. But better than this, yeah. the, 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 the humor, not funny. No. I just, I, maybe it's a, a, a cultural thing, but I didn't get any of the jokes, any of the, you know, funniness. I didn't, under, you know, I knew they were trying to go for laughs. I didn't laugh. Uh, uh, classic story of kids on vacation, picked off one at a time. You know, mm -hmm. it's just formulaic at best. I, just, I And then when, uh, towards the and end. And there's two of them. Yeah. There's a no, sequel. There's three of them. Oh, God. And maybe, you know, and the end when the, like, the, the leader zombie and he roars and suddenly, like, literally dozens of zombies are just popping out of the snow out of nowhere. Yeah. You'd think, like, a small squad of zombies, but not, like, a whole platoon of zombies everywhere. And then... And they just, just happen uh, to be in the snow right where they were all yeah, standing. Yeah. No. Anyway. But, yeah, whatever. Um, so, yes. Uh, forgettable... And I'm taking it by your comments and the, the obvious look of disgust on your face right now that we are not going to be doing an episode on Dead Snow 2 and Dead Snow 3. I mean, if we're lucky, we won't. Right. Unless a listener wants us if to. If a listener really wants yeah. us to, then we would have to suffer through that. But maybe maybe this will goad some listeners into uh, yeah. re more listeners into reaching out. I, yeah, I can't see two or three being any better. Just on the contrary, just getting worse. So I'm going to guess that you gave this movie a two skull rating. I give it a three because okay. of the monsters and the settings. The, the, the production was there. The cinematography was cool. It was good. It's just the, the story and the characters, man. And, you know, it's just... And, and, the, and, and the humor. They could have hired a comedy writer or something. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking you gave this a two? Two and a half. You gave him that half skull, Yeah, huh? I gave them that half because, like I said, the zombie makeup was really better than we've seen in, in some other zombie movies. I mean, at first, the beginning of the movie, all we saw were, like, zombie hands and I, or we see, like, feet shuffling through the snow and so I thought, oh, this like this is low budget. We're never going to get a good look at the zombies. Mm -hmm. And then they yeah. they showed us a really good look of not only one zombie but many zombies. And I was like, wow, that looks pretty good, especially the big boss guy, the way his yeah. teeth were and stuff like that. So that impressed me. And what I didn't understand, I guess, I don't know, but the zombies, I think, kill some of these people with knives and stabbing them and all that. But you expect a zombie to be tearing flesh with their teeth or something. Right. Well, there is, you know, the scene where, like, they're disemboweling the one girl. Yeah. Very slowly and methodically. Yeah. Which was kind of weird. So, okay. But regardless, a solid pass. Yes. Skip this one, folks. Yeah, don't, don't waste your time on this one. There are so many other positive, not positive, but there's so many other really good horror films out there that this is 85 minutes too long. Yeah. All right. Well, before we move on to our next movie, listeners, we have a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash freak previews. And for just $4 a month, you can become a Patreon of the podcast. You can, or become a patron on Patreon. And 
for a dollar an episode is what that breaks down to. Basically, you can help Dan and I offset the cost of podcast hosting and movie tickets and streaming services and things like that. This is a labor of love, and we've, you know, we're more than two years into this. So we would love if you would help help us with our financial burden and bringing you quality content. But if you're not in a position to contribute financially, there are other ways that you can support the podcast. You can leave a five-star rating on your favorite podcast directory. You can tell a loved one or coworker, somebody you know who likes horror movies, about this podcast. Or you could link this exact episode onto your favorite social media platform of choice. All of these are ways that you can support the Shriek Previews podcast. So with that out of the way, Dan, why don't you tell us about Overlord? Released in 2018, directed by Julius Avery. It's D-Day, and four survivors remain from a plane crash shot down during a mission to destroy a radio jamming tower. As they travel the countryside, they, they lose a guy to a landmine, and they meet a female villager named Chloe. She takes them with her uh, and to, uh, to, to her house, and uh, they meet her little brother, Paul, and a sick aunt who has been the subject of uh, Nazi experiments. Two of the soldiers, Tibbet and Chase, go out to check on a rendezvous point when a group of Nazis get to the house and start harassing Chloe for sexual fla favors. Flavors. Flavors. Uh, after threatening Paul, uh, she and Ford's the squad leader, subdue and tie up the uh, SS leader, his name is Waffner. Private First Class Boys goes out to find the two dudes. They find out uh, Nazis are burning the villagers. He hides in a. Uh, he then hides in a truck that gets him to an underground base with a laboratory involving experiments with the villagers and using this developed serum. He goes ahead, goes ahead and steals a serum and rescues Rosenfeld, one of the paratroopers from the squad, and they escape. They and they are able to manage to make it back to Chloe's. Chase, and Chase is ordered to check on uh, Waffner, and he gets fatally shot. Boise ends up inject injecting Ch Chase in an effort to try to save him, but even though it revives him, revives him, it mutates him and uh, and it makes him aggressive. And Boyce has no choice but to kill him. Nazis arrive and the battle ensues. Uh, Ford injures Waffner, but uh, manages to take Paul as a hostage. He then escapes to the lab where he injects himself with a serum. Uh, they devise a plan to reach and destroy the tower with the lab. But once they're, they're, once they're, they plant bombs and uh, Chloe finds, manages to find Paul and they both end up going back to the, to the not the base, but the house. Yeah. Okay. So uh, a mutated, at this point, a mutated Waffner battled for and then Ford and ends up uh, impaled on a hook. Ford does. Waffner explains that the serum is from some ancient black tar that's in the ground in that village. You know, but uh, so anyway, from the villager, uh, they, they get it from the villagers' bodies. Yes. They extract it from them. And their idea was uh, to create superhuman soldiers for the for for Third Reich purposes. Uh, Ford then injects himself, also gets superhuman, and is able to stop Waffner long enough to allow time for Boyce to blow up an oxygen tank that says Waffner into the tar pit. Mm -hmm. Boyce, Boyce uh, I think Boyce or Boyce? Boyce, Boyce. leaves Ford. 
uh, in D-Day's uh, victory is announced on the radio. And back at base, Boyce gives four credit for the explosions that took down the tower. Uh, he is questioned, questioned by the commanding officer regarding a secret lab under the church, which he denies. And Boise is then reassigned to C Company. Yeah. And that's the end of the movie. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. I thought it was a great opening with uh, the, uh, the planes and then planes, the, place go, the plane going down to paratroopers. I really enjoyed the pace. I really enjoyed the, the characters. I like Tibbet, and um, Tibbet was kind of, kind of like no nonsense, and he develops this like bond with a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ford, uh, you know the the main guy, whatever the main squad leader. Yeah, uh, that's Wyatt Russell. That's Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn's kid. For real? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh wow! I yeah, I didn't. I'd never seen him before. And if if you look at a picture of him next to his dad, you can really see the resemblance. So I'll I'll pull that up, and we should probably uh, put that on our Instagram. With yeah, this episode. absolutely. I thought it was a unique zombie idea for a film. Uh, the story reminds me of a comic book from the seventies or eighties. You know, something along that line. It had the, like you know superhuman elements. It, you know, it had uh, interesting characters. Uh, I love the incredible scene shot as Boise leaves a church as it's exploding and is uh, behind him, all the explosions going behind him. It was all as one take, one camera, mm-hmm. one shot. That's what I should say. And do you know what I'm talking about when he's leaving the, the, the lab in the church yeah. and, and he's running and the camera's following him the way all the way out? Yeah. Love that. See, here's that picture. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. That's, what's his name again? Wyatt Russell. He did a great job. Yeah, he did. Yeah, all the characters. I couldn't find anybody I didn't like. No, and except the Nazis, of course. Right, and the the guy T- Tibbets. Um, I know I've seen him before somewhere. Tibbets. Yeah, I've oh, seen him Lord. too. I, I forget his name. I had his name somewhere. John Magaro. Magaro. I thought um, I wrote that down, and I don't have it. But yeah, yeah, I thought he was great, and I love that little kid. The way they they develop that relationship. And later on, they're playing cards at the end. Yep. And I'm looking up his filmography. It's I know I've seen him before, but it's nothing is is coming up that I've seen. Well, well he reminds me of a uh, man, the the guy from the call that gets stabbed. The 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 uh, he was a spider from Goodfellas, uh, and he was in um, uh, the Sopranos. Imperiali, I think, is his last name. That's who I he reminded me of. Michael Imperiali, that's mm. who he reminded me of, that type of, I thought, you know, that's along the lines, but I, I, I don't remember seeing this guy before. Yeah. So, I'm going to guess that you gave this movie an 8. Yeah. I think you gave this a 7. I gave it an 8 as well. Good. Yeah. yeah. There were, I mean, like you said, the acting was great. It was... It, there was great action. The pace was pretty good. I loved that scene in the lab when he's skulking around and he sees the French woman. It's just her severed head, but it's still alive. Uh-huh. And yeah, I thought some of the visual effects were really good. And I just, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. It was uh, produced by J.J. Abrams. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought it had like a, like I mentioned before, I thought it had like a graphic novel feel to it. Absolutely. Yeah. I could see this as a graphic novel, maybe even a series, yeah. a comic book series. Yeah. Um, at the beginning, that whole scene on the plane, I almost forgot that it was a zombie movie. Right. 
You don't, I forgot it was, yeah, I thought it was, like, I was like so drawn into this whole situation with them, you know, all these guys are scared and it's, you know, they're, they're about to jump and there's like bombs and planes going down all around them. If somebody didn't know what this movie was, they were just flipping through the channels and this came on, they could watch probably 30 to 45 minutes before they realize this isn't a standard war movie. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, it was really well done. Yes. These reviews kind of went kind of fast. Mm -hmm. uh, there wasn't much say to, to say about Dead Snow, and you just cruised through Overlord. So we've got a little extra time. There's a trailer that we've been anticipating for a while, and it really, it's a really big deal among the horror genre. Mm -hmm. So I think for today's trailer, we're going to take a look at The Exorcist Believer. So, and then we can talk a bit about that because The Exorcist is one of the classics and the fact that this is coming out nearly 50 years after mm -hmm. the original mm -hmm. is really pretty huge. So, I will leave the link to the trailer in the show notes and let's watch the trailer for Exorcist Believer. All right, Dan, talk to me. I hope they explain what happened to the girls during those those three days they disappear. Mm. I also want to know what became of Megan. I I love that they Megan. they added Megan was a uh, her daughter in the Reagan. original Reagan. So <laughs> Reagan, you're right. Megan um, was a little android girl from the beginning the, of the year. <laughs> <laughs> so I I I love to see um, Ellen Burstyn come back as Chris yes. McNeil. And the way they show that in the trailer is, you know, the old her on the book cover and then the it fades cover. into her. Yes. You know. Yes. Although I'll tell you something. I wish, you know, the little tubular bells uh, song mm -hmm. that they use in the original. I wish they would have waited till, till when you see uh, Ellen Burstyn right. to, to play that. Because right, right away when the, the trailer starts, like what, 15 seconds in, they start giving you the little hint that doo -doo 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 -doo. yeah yeah and you're like oh this like, is oh it. yeah but um i can't wait to see this yes october 13th yeah. comes out and then there's there's some easter eggs that are like a callback to the original like the you see the dogs fighting mm -hmm. you know we saw that father uh what's his face uh mcmarin um, marin father marin father marin yes had uh seen dogs fighting you in know, when he iraq, was in yeah. iraq uh -huh. and when chris mcneil is facing this new possessed girl and she's like we've met before and he goes you know yes mother and then flops back and it's like mother stop it stop it it hurts and then sits back up and goes <laughs> because that's what reagan had said yes in, and so this look this looks really good i'm hoping it's uh. as good as it looks because they've got three of them planned this is this is the first of a new trilogy that they're putting out for real yes Man, please, please let this be good. Yes. If you do anything, make this a good one. Yeah. Because I love The Exorcist. Yeah. And I love the feel of this. Mm -hmm. I love the feel of this, man. It feels like, like you know, like it's going to be something worth watching. Right. In time for Halloween. Yeah, in time for Halloween. So, you know, you can bet your bippy that we're going to be covering this on the podcast now, this seems like it's 
you know, it's a direct sequel to the original. I don't know if this is doing a, you know, like a, a Halloween where it's saying those other sequels didn't actually happen. I don't know. I'd be okay if those other sequels didn't actually happen, you know, because... Yeah, because they, they weren't that great. No, you but, know. And nobody, uh, I feel like we mentioned before, nobody even, I think, ever really... I think Dominion flopped. Yeah. So this better be good. But, I mean, think about it. This sequel is coming out 50 years after after the original Exorcist. Yeah. I mean, that was the year we were born. Yeah. And it's just... Um, it's crazy to think about that. And now this is the same director who did the most recent Halloween movies, the Halloween trilogy. Halloween, mm. Halloween Kills, and Halloween Ends. And Ends, okay. And so it's interesting. Yeah, I, I was reading an article, and some people liked how he handled the Halloween movies. Some people didn't. But he's saying that, you know, Halloween is about a a slasher it's about body count and and stuff like that mm -hmm. he says that this is a completely different style of movie and so the exorcist you know uh property that he's he's helming now uh he's 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 planning on ad on addressing it very differently than he did halloween i sure hope so yeah i hope so and too. it seems that way from the trailer yes because i mean when you see a slasher film of the caliber that they make uh, Michael Meyer movies nowadays, you know what you're going to get. Right. For now, that being part. said, you know, I thought Halloween Kills in particular was actually very good. I think that's the one that I was uh, poo-pooing before we saw it, and then I ended up kind of liking. Yeah. And then Halloween Ends sucked on sucked. ice. Sucked. So I'm hoping that these all three of these Exorcist movies are, are solid. I'm hoping I I so fingers because, crossed fingers crossed because the original Exorcist is one of the best horror movies in history. Mm -hmm. So well done, but we'll see what happens. Friends, I know short episode this week, but that's okay. You know we we don't f pad episodes with a bunch of fluff. We give you whatever we feel we need to give you in whatever time it takes. Sometimes it's a short one. Sometimes we go. Oh, so long, especially when like Anthony joins us or Graham or mm. when we've got a guest, whatever. But friends, thank you so much for tuning in. Please reach out to us on via email at shriekpreviews at gmail.com, or you can reach out to us on Instagram at shriekpreviewspodcast, or talk to us on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash shriekpreviews. Thanks so much for listening. We greatly appreciate you. We will talk at you next week.